Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Friday, August 19th, and uh, I'm excited that uh, you are uh, joining us this Friday. And it's a beautiful day. The little thunder clouds out here in the Jacksonville area, I think it's <laughs> I think it's like that everywhere. I looked out at the southeast. I think there's thunder bumpers everywhere. It's that time of year where you get them. But we're excited today. Today's a normally discipleship day where Brad will uh, Brad Sykes will have somebody or David Gray or Bob Grumman and they'll talk about discipleship. But because uh, normally our guest day is Thursday, but our guest this week couldn't be here yesterday, but he is here today and he was here last minute. I love that when a guy does that too because um, you know uh, I think so often we plan in our lives and we don't even let the holy spirit lead something and i know god wants you to hear this guy today because he ordained it to be here they ordained him to be on the air and his name is pete allinson pete is from orlando florida and uh he is uh from california originally i guess and uh, came down there uh he's he's been a senior pastor he's been a church planner he went to biola and trinity and reform seminary he is uh been on the man in the mirror faculty staff speaking for them and now he's got this ministry called uh forge which is a, a men's ministry in orlando now he's got a book out called like father like son how knowing god as father changes men uh his most important claim to fame is he's been married to karen for 42 years they have three children and um you know he is uh he is a man's man who uh loves the bible and he loves God, and he loves God's men. And so, uh, Pete, welcome to SWAT Radio. Hey, man. It's great to be with you today. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm so so glad that uh, you can join us. You know, you have been working with men, it says, on your website for over 40 years. I'm sure that in that time, you have come to experience the depravity of man <laughs> as you've talked to him, right? <laughs> Well, I've been a pastor, so I've seen depravity right up front. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but, it, but yeah, that's that's a good conversation for us to talk about, right? Yeah, I, I I want you to delve into that. But first, Pete, share a little bit of your own story. Did you grow up in a Christian family? Yeah, you know, Doug. What it really um, hit me is my parents. I divorced when I was when I was ten. My dad was a missionary kid, and um, you know our family was not a fun place. I mean, it was dysfunctional, and we didn't even put the fun in dysfunction. And uh, but when they were when they divorced, I was glad because he was gone. I mean, he was a mess. He was scared the heck out of me, and um, could be brutal at times. So I was glad he was gone, but it really left me without a, a, a role model. And my mom had been discipled by Henrietta Mears in Southern California. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> That's a good Bill, one to be discipled Bill, by. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And she knew Bill Bright before he was Bill Bright and uh, uh, some of those things. And, and, and so she led me to Christ when I was eight. Wow. And um, I knew the gospel. I knew I needed a Savior. But it was really in our Boy Scout troop 
uh, Christian Boy Scout troop where I began to really want, what is a man? I, I began to think, what is a man? And I had these role models of men around me. But um, that's been a concern since, gosh, as long as ago as I can remember, maybe 11, mm-hmm. thinking about manhood and what is Christianity, um, how does that impact what it means to be a man? Well, growing up in Southern California, did John Wayne play any part in the shaping that picture? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I grew up watching all those westerns, and and then of course John Wayne was really one of those early role models for a lot of us of what it meant to be a man. Partly good and partly bad. Yeah, that's that's true. You know, Pete, as you've worked with uh, churches and men over the last forty years. If somebody, let's say somebody that has never been to America uh, came in here and asked about what it, what does it mean to be a man today in our culture, um, not from a biblical perspective, but what from what does our culture say about that? I mean, like, I compare those two real quick. Like, they come over here and they're, they're, they come from another continent where – you know, it's all confused, and they come in here thinking this is where they find out truth. America's the beaming, shining light, according to um, uh, who was who was that Peter? Uh, you know, the guy who was the chaplain for the Senate. Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh yeah, Peter Marshall. Yeah, Peter yeah. Marshall. He said we're the we're the shining light. So he says, well, what is a man? Uh, contrast what our culture teaches us a little bit, Pete, with what the Bible says about manhood. Yeah. Oh, that's a great, that's a great point. And, you know, if somebody came over here today, they would say um, there is no one clear uh, idea of masculinity. We have multiple masculinities that are being offered to us, sold to us. Um, Earlier, when I was younger, there were, there were only a couple of really clear ideas of masculinity. And, uh, but now it's so confusing that most of our younger men are just bewildered. Um, and, and so, so really, the, we're in a crisis of masculinity. In fact, uh, Camille Paglia, my favorite uh, uh, le- lesbian feminist, says <laughs> that the way, we, the way we treat men in America um, is, is really kind of how a culture commits suicide. Hmm. And uh, I think she's right on. And, uh, and so from a biblical standpoint, while there is a range of masculinity that is acceptable, nevertheless, there's a, a very a clear, uh, a, a much clearer idea of what a man is. And, uh, Doug, I, I would, I'd put it this way. I'd say that, that um, there, there's sort of five marks of biblical manhood. One is that he has a clear identity of who he is in Christ. And so that's why the the path to true masculinity could only start when a man comes uh, and bows the knee before Jesus Christ and accepts him as Savior and Lord. Yeah. Then, then he has uh, a new identity. He's a son, a mm. deeply beloved, redeemed son of the Most High God. Mm-hmm. And, and that will never change in all time and eternity. And so that identity is the first mark of biblical manhood. He's a son. But then the Bible gives us, how we look at it through Forge, is sort of three major categories or core 
roles or responsibilities. Men are leaders, worker providers, and warrior ambassadors. Hmm. And, and so with those three major archetypes in mind, that's our purpose. Could you say those and, again, uh, Pete? Let's say those one more time. Yeah. So uh, our, core, our core purposes in life or our core roles as men are that we are leaders, worker providers, and warrior ambassadors. Warrior ambassadors. And, um, and, and so with you, and really I think, and I'd love to hear your discipleship guys, they, they might blow that out of the water, but I think of all discipleship really flows through those those three major categories. Hmm. And um, and so what we men typically do, even as Christians, is we, we typically confuse identity with purpose. Hmm. So identity is who I'm who I am and purpose is why am I here? Uh, and well I'm I'm a leader, worker provider, and a warrior ambassador for Jesus Christ. And and um, and so those those are the what we tend to do is go out every day to try to find our identity in our work. Mm. But for a Christian man, it really ought to be no, no, no. I I spend time with my daily appointment with God in the morning, and and I'm reminded that I'm His deeply beloved Son because of what Jesus has done. Mm. And then I go out into the world in my identity. To fulfill those those three roles, so I don't confuse identity and purpose. Yeah, you know, um, we we then, we've talked a little bit about that identity thing. You know, is in in our our the way we even share the gospel today, Pete. A lot of times, the view of humanity is is not necessarily created by God. By a lot of people, they they I mean, they may mm-hmm. know that. But in reality, mm-hmm. they don't really sense that in their life. They they kind of sense like my mom and dad made me. <laughs> they kind of forget that, yeah. that 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 they're here created by the God of the universe, which means if He created you, He has authority over you. And um, oh yeah, and 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 that I think that well, we're talking about total depravity this week, and people have this idea that we're all basically pretty good people because we look at the exterior that we're able to put up, not what's really deep mm. within, and um, and that we really need a new heart, a new nature, a new total rebuild, if you will. And I love what you say on, on your website, I'm sure it's in your book, um, that it's grace that builds guys into men and men into mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, talk a little Boy, bit. Uh, t- yeah, I want you to talk a little bit about that as we talk about this identity, because don't you find in your your mentoring and and your teaching and working with guys that a lot of those issues come back to identity. Oh man, you, you I, so right. I agree with everything you said, Doug. Everything goes back to identity. It really does. It, it is so much the starting point, and that's why what sin did. And, and where total depravity, you know, total depravity is a great doctrine in the Bible. A lot of people don't like it, but it basically says that sin affected every area of my, my personhood. And it affects the way I think, uh, the, the, the feelings in my heart, my affections, and then my decisions, my intellect, emotions, and will. Hmm. And so, so if, if sin affects the way I think, it affects the way I 
think about myself. And only the gospel can undo that and and turn my identity around. Because so many men are are struggling. They've been told that they're not worth anything, or they're only as good as uh, as what they accomplish. Mm-hmm. And and the gospel says, no, you are you are as good as what Jesus accomplished. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that story about uh, um, well, the lady that said, you know, you know, when when does a Jewish fetus become viable? And she said. You know when he graduates from medical school. And, and, uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so there's this idea that we are only as good as what we've accomplished. Yeah. Um, and and so the gospel really shows us that our identity and and total depravity has to be undone because we do mess up as men and um, and and that affects our identity and then it clouds our purpose and then of course it it impacts our character. And um, and character is that third mark of manhood that says, well, how do I live? Mm. And and we say, well, we, we live following Jesus' model and character in Scripture. Mm. And um, it, if I do that, then I don't have to figure out how to manipulate people every day. I just try to um, follow Christ's character. Mm. That's hard to and do, oh, isn't it, Pete? Oh, man. Yeah. No, it really is. Um, but there's so much freedom in in um, in getting up and knowing, I'm just going to be God's man today. Um, we, ha- we have to have some work done on our house, and we had a couple of guys come by and give us some bids. And, 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 and I love what both of them said. They said, listen, that it's, this is a little expensive, but I, I, I just got to tell you the truth. You know, I can't do it for anything cheaper than that. That's just the way it is, mm. and um, I love that honesty. And and if you if you just if we live the character of Christ by His grace, then we don't have to skip, try to figure life out. We just you know character is this is how you live. Mm. That's good. And then that leads to true confidence. Um, the what we call the fourth mark of manhood. That as grace undoes undoes. Um, total depravity, it leads to truly confident men who know their identity, know why they're here, their purpose, know how to live, the character of Christ, and that just results in a really honestly confident Christian man. Mm-hmm. And then and then lastly, uh, it, legacy, that's the fifth mark, and that just takes care of itself. I don't have to worry about my legacy if I'm doing the previous four things. I know where I'm going and I know what I'm leaving behind. Mm. Yeah. uh, Yeah, that's true. Know where I'm going. Um, Just real quick on the confidence issue. Uh, I know you wrote this book like father, like son. Um, Do you delve into the whole issue of how uh, as men growing up with our fathers, uh, how that impacts our confidence? You know, and, uh, you know, I mean, like one of the things I see is a lot of uh, like type A personalities, people that are very driven, often struggle Mm -hmm. with with performance based stuff at home or they just felt like they never measured up and they want to prove themselves. Mm -hmm. I know that's true. A lot of times in my own life, you just uh, you want to prove yourself. Um, 
Do you see that as well? Oh, man. Doug, absolutely. I mean, I, a father, a human earthly father, is, is supposed to really model God the Father to us. And um, with that unconditional acceptance, as well as training. And my dad didn't do that, man. I had a father wound a mile wide and a mile deep. And I was all about performance, absolutely. And uh, and it wedded with my my driven temperament. But absolutely. And I think most men, if they don't have a great earthly father experience, uh, then we'll find a way. I'm a survivor. I mean, I, uh, I, I, it's all about performance. It was about performance. I even used the church to feel good about myself. I mean, I understood the gospel, but when I was a pastor even, I was figuring if I built the biggest church, then maybe I'd feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. And um, and it it really isn't the, about performance. It's about what how Jesus performed, and I can rest and have confidence that what Jesus ha- has made me and is making me is um, is what true manhood is all about. And then I can be better for other people around me. But yeah, man, it's uh, this is our you know the big curse of sin in the garden uh, at the fall was our work, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's our big curse to deal with. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting over in first John when uh, uh, John's writing that and he, he, he talks about, I equate first John two 15 through 17, a lot with the garden, you know, he says, you know, you, Mm -hmm. you can't love God and man, he says, you can't love God in the earth or God in the world. And this is the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of flesh, and boastful pride of life. And mm-hmm. I, when I hear that, uh, I think the lust of the eyes, and uh, I, I think of Eve with the with the fruit, okay? And when I mm-hmm. think of um, the lust of the flesh, I think of Eve with the flesh giving in to Satan, but I also think of man, too, uh, giving in there. But when I think of the boastful pride of life, I really think about men with that getting their security mm-hmm. from what they, what they do or what they own. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and that seems to be how we, uh, we kind of nurse father wounds with that stuff, uh, apparently. And, uh, do you deal with that in yep. your book at all? I do. I do. In fact, I, uh, uh, I tell some of my story about my father wound and trying to get, you know, come, trying to get my dad to accept me and try to build a relationship with him. And I also have many of my students from Reform Seminary. I always required a paper where they uh, had to tell me about their experience with their earthly father. Mm-hmm. And I got a stack about six inches high of these papers that, and, and some of the stories I put in the book, uh, it's just, this is where we need to connect at, with other Christian men and other men and just say, hey, tell me about your earthly dad. You know, what was that like? And, and how did, how has that shaped you? In fact, I'm going to go to a deal tonight where uh, we're, we're connecting with some of our younger men and they're telling their father stories. Uh-huh. And, and then they're, they've been fasting all day today. And then they're going to commit to raising their sons and, and daughters uh, and, um, and we're going to give them a challenge coin to 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 continue to you know break the cycle. How mm-hmm. the gospel breaks the cycle of the father wound mm-hmm. and restores us 
to the true father. Wow. And that's, and that's, so, yeah. in, that's in Orlando. Yep. Right here in Orlando. Part of the forge is uh, some of the young men, you know, you and I both have the privilege of, of being spiritual fathers to a lot of younger men. And, uh, and so um, God gave me two sons and a daughter, but he's given me a lot of younger men that we get to bless and give the blessing that they never got from their earthly dads hmm. and, and lead them to God the Father who wants to, to give them that blessing. And, wow. um, I think a lot, a lot of Christian men need that. It's really the entry point into their growth as, as, as real men, because, again, it goes back to identity, doesn't hmm. it? Yeah, it really does. And and this event you're at, is this a forge event? Yeah, yeah. It's just one of these small small events. There's only going to be about a dozen guys. But one of the, one of our young men that I've had the privilege to to spend a lot of time with for the last ten years is spearheading this and he's we're 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 gonna be unfolding this more and more to our, our larger forge group of men within Greater Orlando. I think every church needs to have some sort of ministry where they help men process their father wounds, uh, connect that with the gospel and how that launches them into discipleship, and and bless their men um, and uh, in, in this way. It'll, it, it, it helps marriages. It helps fathering. It helps pastors. Um, and that's a whole other story. But if we could get pastors to mentor their men, at least as a major part of what they do, they'd have healthier and happier churches. Mm. Well, I don't know. Um, I just want to throw this out there because I'm I, you, you and I didn't talk about this, but, but uh, with SWAT, you know, we start back. We, we run our teaching schedule on a semester schedule, like September through December and then January through May. Do you do that with Forge as well, your teaching schedule, or is it year-round? How does that work down in Orlando? Yeah, what we what we do is we, we really only take four or five weeks off a year, and uh, so we, we run it whenever, you know, major vacations or not. <laughs> we take off the last two weeks of the year. We take off Thanksgiving week and usually the week of July 4th. But we just keep it going because it's easy for a guy to, to um, get out of a habit, a holy habit, right? So Yeah, so if anybody, yeah, we, like, we just, if they want to come, like, let's say people are listening, because I know we got people that listen in the Gainesville area, and we may have some in Orlando. If anybody's listening, is this is this something you have to apply for, or can they drop in? And uh, if so, can they find that information out on your website? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for making that uh, available. We have two live sites. Uh, Tuesday morning and Thursday morning, and uh, on two different sides of town, and then we live stream Tuesday morning from at seven o'clock. So it's live streamed seven o'clock Tuesday morning, seven to eight, and um, and then the videos that we post we post uh, Tuesday afternoon. You could watch it anytime you wanted to, or you could join a virtual group. And uh, and we have guys that are starting satellite groups around using the videos. Yeah, and just so, to uh, give you a just to give you an idea, if you're listening uh, out there, and this is for you, if you're not in Orlando, if you're in Orlando, I would highly encourage you to go check it out. Uh, uh, you know, Pete's been doing this a long time. 
he came so highly recommended from people I have a lot of respect for. And even though I've never met when I went online and I started looking at stuff, I started realizing we, we share a lot of similarities in our, our desire to see men grow. And, uh, but just some titles of the videos he's got up, you can go watch. These are right on his website, forgetruth.com. That's F-O-R-G-E-T-R-U-T-H.com is biblical justice pandemonium which i bet deals with uh, <laughs> the pandemic uh new frontiers building greatness running with wolves gut level real dear younger me that's probably a good one and then the kingdom manifesto so those are just some of the things you can go on there and those you can watch uh those right steve they can go on i mean pete you can, they can go on there and see those uh series absolutely they're free we we, we, we hope to keep all of our materials free and available out there. So, yes, love to have you join us. That'd that, be great. That's awesome. Uh, well, listen, we got about a minute to this heartbreak on the half hour. Um, I just want to let people know about your website again one more time. It's Forge Truth, F-O-R-G-E-T-R-U-T-H. And, again, if you're just tuning in, this is our guest day, and we're talking to Pete Alwinson. A-L-W-I-N-S-O-N. And um, Pete is in the Orlando area. He uh, he teaches uh, at Reformed Theological Seminary. Um, and he's got a book out called Like Father, Like Son, How Knowing God as Father Changes Men. And when we come back, we're going to keep looking at this issue of our total depravity in really how it impacts us as men. Uh, how and and really how do we deal with it and pete that's one of the things i would like you to kind of go into when we come back is you had this big wide father room what really helped you do that we know it was jesus but how was jesus manifest was it through mentors books uh, books of the bible would you be willing to open up a little bit about that when we come back absolutely look forward to it okay hey you're listening to SWAT radio uh, this is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. A big shout-out to WMOX uh, 1010 and Meridian, WMER 1390 and Meridian 93.1 FM up at the Lighthouse in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, Virginia Beach area, and in Jacksonville, 91.7, St. Augustine, 91.9, and Folkestone, Georgia, 91.3. And if you're getting out of your car, you can go to SWATradio.com. We'll be right back after the news. This is Doug McCary. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we're so excited to have Pete Alwinson here today. And uh, Pete is uh, the founder and director of Forge, F-O-R-G-E. His website is forgetruth.com. That's F-O-R-G-E-T-R-U-T-H.com. And uh, Pete has been a warrior. That's one reason we love having him on. He is... Anybody who's been ministering to men for 40 years is a warrior. 
and uh pete we're so glad you're you're with us and just a quick recap of uh, the five marks of biblical manhood you know you started off by saying that that's really the question is what is a man and you talked about clear identity in christ who we are who who are we um you know where do we get our identity you talked about why are we here uh, i mean we're worker providers i love that um, you know, you also said that we're leaders and we're warrior ambassadors. I love that. And we often confuse identity and purpose you mentioned, but then the third mark is you said our character, how do we live? Because you can know the Bible, you can read the Bible every day. You can know the Bible in your head and go out and live a completely different life. Like the Pharisees did a lot of times. And, uh, and a lot of the, the religious leaders and, Boy, we see that today a lot, don't we, Pete? I mean, not just in uh, our religious leaders, but even our political leaders and everybody. It's it's we say this is what we believe, but in reality, we live a different life. There's a dichotomy between reality and what we profess, right? Oh boy, you're absolutely right. And I think the longer we've been around, and I'm an old guy now, but the longer you've been around, the more you, more fallen people you've seen. And um, it's just not worth it uh, for you. Yeah, but but we do. It can make you cynical as a Christian man if you're uh, when, when you see these other Christian men and leaders fall. And um, so that's why our, de- our identity has to be in Christ and not even in human leaders. But but you're absolutely right, man. We got to live it out. And the world needs us to be authentic uh, in our in our walk with Christ. And that includes. Uh, owning up when we mess up. Um, grace enables us to come running home. Yeah, it doesn't mean we're perfect. It just means the direction of our life and our loyalty ultimately rest in Christ. It rests with him. And uh, you talked yeah. about the tr- the fourth thing, and, and I think this confidence comes, you talked about true confidence, comes because we believe that his death on the cross really covers my sin. It covers my stain of of you know original sin the nature in us and we know we're going to blow it we don't want to we want him to change us and when we blow it we can be confident if we own it that he's going to love us in spite of what we've done because that's his grace right i mean that he says absolutely you believe in me absolutely yeah and that's that's such a great message you know, for people that uh, trounce the Bible or, or Christians who really believe, that is the message of the Bible. <laughs> that is that is yeah, our message, is. you know? And, and I'm so thankful for SWAT. You know, spiritual warriors advancing truth. I mean, think of the people, that, the, the guys that just, we all need that kind of encouragement to keep going in the right, in the right direction. And, uh, but you're right, that's the message of the Bible. Grace actually is something that makes us strong. And I like to talk about being grace strong. Mm-hmm. Um, grace gives us confidence, not in ourselves, but in our risen Savior, mm-hmm. which is where our, our hope needs to be. Yes, absolutely. Well, you, you know, I'd ask you before the break, if you would delve into this a little bit, you said you had a pretty wide father wound. You know, a lot of people, when when we talk about those kind of wounds or we talk about struggles, real struggles, whether it's addiction or whether it's relational hardship, we, 
you know, it, you can't just give somebody a Bible verse. It's not dismissing the sufficiency of Scripture, but there has to mm-hmm. be some practical things that help people be able to see that they can be have hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what was it for you, right. Pete? What helped you navigate through that father wound? You you talked about if you know you're at a church, you're a senior pastor, and so. You know, you said churches ought to do. What, what about the pastors or leaders that are out there? What are some things they can do to help young men and older men who might have these father wounds that they've never really delved into? Because, quite frankly, they are afraid. They're afraid to admit mm. that that they have the father wounds, and they're they're afraid there's something wrong to admit that. But how do you? How did you deal with that? How did you grow through that? Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this because I, I think the the big deal was was you know through it's a it's a point in time when the holy spirit has somehow made me see that i was blaming my earthly father for a lot of things and i just i don't, I don't know if it was through a sermon or through reading scripture um but but you know the, the question of well you're going to blame your dad or you're going to take take responsibility for who you are right here and right now. And this happened to me when I was in college. And and that was a it was a big point and maybe a mentor pointed it out to me at that point. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it really was I can't blame him anymore. I I have a I have a father. I mean the Lord's prayer starts out our father who art in heaven. And so th- there was an aha moment when I realized I can't blame my dad for who I am. I got to own it, everything, but I have a father now. And so it was really to take the gospel and say, I, I, I have a father and he's perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. And, and Jesus connects him to me. So I, I can do, I can talk to him. And so when I understood more that my, it began a, a, a decade long process of coming to terms with the reality that I didn't have to perform I didn't have to do well to, to to have a good identity. My identity was already given. In fact, here's what I learned: you cannot you cannot earn an identity. Mm. An identity can only be bestowed by a father. Mm. And in our case, it was by the heavenly Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I think that was kind of through through preaching, through mentoring. And we need to help our younger men see this. We need to talk about identity. I think the best way a pastor can help his young men or his men is to admit to them publicly in his sermons mm-hmm. uh, or one-on-one over coffee at lunch or whatever. Hey, listen, you know, my identity used to be in in performance or whatever it was, and, and I've come to see it's really in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that... If by leveraging his position, uh, a senior pastor, a pastor, a preaching pastor can help his young men begin to embark on that on that journey, mm-hmm. and um, and then really, you know, what I call a daily appointment with God, my dog, mm-hmm. just the unfolding of Scripture. But clearly, mentors. I mean, we got to have men in our life, and turns out you and I both have been mentored by Steve Brown. Of Key Life Network. Yeah, no, and, Steve, uh, Steve. In fact, I wanted to mention that. I, I'm sorry it's taken so long in the broadcast, but you you were part of a radio uh, program and podcast too called Key Life, uh, 
And if uh, you want to hear uh, more, uh, go to keylife.org. That's K-E-Y-L-I-F-E.org. They have a lot of good resources, too. Steve has the best radio voice. I mean, like, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> He's his radio voice. It is so deep. And uh, it, it's really – and Steve's a great guy. He he did. I met him through Leighton Ford back in the 90s, and he was so gracious mm. to uh, encourage me, some young guy who's wanting to really get out and, and try to figure out what God's calling me to. And, you know, he, he's just been great at, at sharing – uh, really just sharing and helping younger leaders uh, understand that it's not about performance, that, you know, just mm-hmm. go serve God and, and look where he wants, kind of like what you were sharing earlier. So uh, I'm glad you're doing that with him, and it's keylife.org. You can go on there. Steve's got books, and, and he's but, but you and him, you all do this daily radio program down there, right? Well, it's just on Friday I do Q&A with him. He teaches, and then I get to teach sometimes, a couple times a year. But, you know, it really, it, it's, it's how grace, he really modeled grace to me and gave it to me. I remember one time uh, we were having dinner together, and I was confessing a sin. I said, Steve, I'm so surprised I did that. And he said, well, you wouldn't be so surprised at your own sin if you didn't have such a high opinion of yourself. <laughs> And, <laughs> and, uh, and and it was like, whoa! And you know, he, he just said it straight out, and then he smiled and he laughed, and and but but he said, you know, hey, listen, don't take yourself so seriously. We all sin, um, and and he just helped me to own my sin, but own God's grace deeper. And we need people who speak into our lives like that. Yes. And as men, we tend to get into silos of individuality I, I i can make a i can be a good loner you know <laughs> yeah you know and one thing oh. i appreciated about steve and maybe pete you could speak to this too is even though steve really holds up grace which is by grace that any of us are saved so i nobody is arguing that but there there is a movement in our country now among young people of what i call i, I hate to even say hyper grace but it's almost like a. Um, it's like okay, I have Christ in my life now. I can live any way I want, which is what mm-hmm. Paul taught against. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you deal with that in men's ministry? That idea that yeah, I can be a believer, um, you know, and I trust Christ, and He didn't care what I do uh, because I'm, yeah, I'm I'm free. I am so glad you brought that up. Um, because that that hyper grace movement is simply unbiblical, and it, it's um, and this is part of the problem that we're facing. What grace does this is how I, this is how Steve helped me because so much of the men's movement today uh, is either that that hyper grace movement or it's kind of like well now I'm um, now I'm a Christian and I got to pull myself up by my bootstraps and make it happen. I got to put on Christ's character by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's not it either. That's not it either. And so what I like to talk about is how grace, the gospel of grace, is the energizing power of sanctification. Mm-hmm. The more I understand what Jesus has done to undo my total depravity and my continue, my, my eternally lost position, when I understand how much he loves me and that it is by his effort that I am set free— then we do what Paul says. We want 
to be godly men. Grace energizes godly manhood. And uh, and so you show me a man that understands grace, and I'll show you a man that's taking. He's not justifying his sin; he's uh, he's moving right into it and confessing it and getting his brothers to pray for him, uh, and uh, and he's disciplining himself for the purpose of godliness. Why why is it, uh, Pete, that when we when we come to faith in Christ, that we stop thinking that we're sinful after that? You know, I mean, yeah. like, we, we it, it really is a struggle and uh, to accept. But Paul clearly dealt with that in Romans seven when he said, hey, things I want to do, I don't do the things I don't want to do. <laughs> I, I keep doing. Yep. And, uh, yep. you know, that do you, in your book, like father, like son, how knowing God as father changes men, what what does that knowledge of God or do you do you delve into the fact that knowing God and knowing his character and what he really wants is belief, what he really wants is trust, uh, mm-hmm. even when we blow it. Do you bring that out in there about how that's what really changes our identity and changes us to feel that confidence that that he just wants us to love him and, and to acknowledge when we blow it, right? Absolutely. I, I talk about um, how how God is a welcoming father. He's the approval-giving Father, the identity-building Father, the freedom-giving Father. He guides us. He gives us wisdom and grace every day. So he moves into our life. God saved us not so he could build us. You know, it's it's like, what is a father? The essence of a father is that he's a life-giver and a Mm life-builder. And, um, you know, we haven't talked about uh, your kids or my kids, but I— I have two boys and a girl, and I said, "Lord, give me, give me two boys." And then He gave me two boys, and then He gave me a daughter, <laughs> and um, she's our surprise. And uh, <laughs> I love it. But you know, it's it's once you have them, uh, what do you get to do? You get to build their lives, and that's what God does. God is exciting about. Uh, he's excited about building us. And so whenever he has to rebuke us or, or discipline us, it's so that we would grow because he loves to see us succeed mm. and grow as as his as his boys. And um, and so that's that's the grace that he continues to give us as he shows us the right way in life. Mm. And um, it's a great journey, isn't it? Just it, to walk to it, be his son. It is because he's so loving and so forgiving. He's a lot more forgiving than we are. In fact, you know, every time I think about that, I, I, that's what I just said. I think about David when, you know, God told yeah. David to pick his punishment and David said, no, I'm going to trust you because you're more merciful. You, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I just think about that, that time that, you know, God told him to pick one of the three. He said, no, I'm going to leave it with you. And, and I think God yeah. just wants us to trust him more than anything if we you see that throughout the old testament when people would humble themselves and say man even wicked ahab even when wicked ahab humbled himself god was merciful absolutely absolutely and you know some of these great characters in scripture moses joshua you know they 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 just they they and Jacob took forever. Jacob's kind of my least favorite character in the Bible. He's not a nice guy, <laughs> yeah. but um, eventually, you know, eventually he bows the knee too, and uh, 
and God God loves us. He is so, you know, I, I think when we we think God is going to be like our our earthly fathers, we think God is angry. And I think we have to remember, as we think of the attributes of God, that God doesn't have, he has emotions, but he doesn't have human emotions. Mm. So, yes, he's angry at sin, but he's not. he doesn't have a short fuse like my dad did. He doesn't fly off the handle. When Jesus flipped over the tables, he was not out of control. Mm. He was very much in control. Mm. And so God doesn't have human emotions like my out-of-control earthly father. Mm. Um, and and he's compassionate, and he moves in, and he teaches me. He's forbearing, um, and and what a joy it is for us as men to grow, to try to model God to our growing kids and grandkids, mm. so that they have a, a better start at understanding God than maybe we did. Mm. That's that's really good. Well, hey, if you're listening. Uh, in Meridian, in Virginia, in Jacksonville, St. Augustine, or Folkestone, Georgia, or or out west, or uh, in England, wherever you're listening right now, uh, we we just uh, would like to encourage you. If you have a question, we have uh, about five ten minutes left. You can send it to ask ask at swatradio.com, and I'll try to to get it to Pete. Um, Pete, I have a quick question that has, it's really more just a personal question. You were at Biola. Did you have Don Sanukian by chance? No, but I know, I know that name. Um, he's a uh, professor out there and, uh, he, he, he did a sermon one time on, uh, Harbona. You know who Harbona is from Esther? Uh, he was one of the eunuchs and he did this whole, he did this whole sermon from the perspective of this eunuch, just kind of telling the story. And Esther's always been an interesting book to me that, um, yeah. you know, it, you don't you don't really hear God mentioned in it, but he's all throughout it, right? I mean, his sovereignty and everything. And uh, I just wondered if you knew him from being out at Biola. <laughs> so, Boy, I don't. I, I was there so long ago, but I know that name, and I think maybe um, – Anyway, I know the name. That sounds like an interesting sermon. I'd like to get that and listen to it as well. <laughs> well, it was fascinating because he didn't. He just pretty much he he just went into character as Harbona and just told us the story of Esther. Um, you know, wow. talk a little bit about in your discipleship uh, how how many men really like I, I get all kind of stats from different organizations and Men in the Mirror is one of them. Uh, where would you say we are biblically uh, literate, the biblical literacy of the men you encounter as they come into Forge or even as you encounter them um, in the last few years? Yeah, I think it's a problem. I think um, our culture has discipled us well. And, um, you know, one ba- book I read recently, The Battle for the American Mind by Pete Hegseth, uh, really shows and chronicles what uh, government schools have done to us. And and uh, they've really, it's not so much what they've added to the curriculum, it's what they've stripped out of it. And um, so we really are uh, at a stage where Christian men need to, again, see the importance of uh, doubling down and really reading the Bible cover to cover. And um, that's why we just are going to start this week a new series. Uh, we're going to go through uh, Wayne Grudem's book, his book, Bible Doctrine, 
and he, he Wayne Grudem went to Trinity Seminary just after I left, so I got to miss him, unfortunately. But um, uh, I love the study of theology and systematic theology, and uh, so we're going to do a six weeks, and it's going to take us several years to get through the book, but we we need to study deeply systematic theology, which is what the Bible teaches on every subject, but we also need to teach and, and study through book studies of the Bible. And so our last series this year is going to be through the book of Philippians. So we, we, we Christian men have such an opportunity as the priests of the family and the leaders of the family and the churches. We have got to up our knowledge of, of the Scriptures again, because we are uh, in a uh, not a good place. Um, and uh, it's, but it's a growth opportunity for us right now. Well, um, we, we have about five minutes left, and I just would like mm. you to think about the people listening out there. What if there's a guy out there right now who just turned it on or who's just tuning in, even via podcast after the fact, and this guy has not part of a Bible study group or any kind of men's accountability group or any kind of men's group, he, he prayed a prayer, he went to church when he was younger, but it's not really, he doesn't read the Bible every day, uh, it's not really a priority to him, he's feeling pretty beat up by life, and he's really out of the game spiritually right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to that guy who's wondering, you know, is this stuff even real for me? Uh, I mean, is, mm-hmm. is there really a God? Is there? I mean, because I don't really see God answering my prayer. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do, but I'm here, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm here, I'm listening yeah. to this. And so what would you say to that guy, Pete? Wow. I would say, I'd say, keep listening to SWAT radio, keep listening, uh, as a, as a first step. And then, and then I would say, you know, grab a, grab a Bible. And, um, I, I'd say just, you know, just say that, Lord, uh, I, I, I'd like for you to reveal yourself to me. And I'd jump into a, I'd jump into one of the Gospels. I like the Gospel. I like them all, but I like Mark because it's sort of like uh, speaking to the Romans, and the Romans were a lot like we Americans. And just just look at Jesus and see if you think he's real, mm-hmm. and um, and and spend some time just absorbing who Jesus is. And I'd also like to say, you know, there's a lot of churches out there. I'd say go try a few, kick the tires. Um, see what pastors seem to to be authentic, speaking and talking about Jesus, mm. and um, and 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 then and then see if they do have any guys that are open to talking and kind of go hang out with them a little bit, give them a try, take a risk, mm. um, because we men are we're never really meant to do this journey of life alone. Uh, we really do need other other men. Who are on the same kind of journey we are, and we we need to get some answers. But I'm with you, man. I was that guy, mm. and um, I needed answers. And I know that God comes alongside of us, and fathers us, and loves us, and leads us. And He's got a good plan for your life. Mm. Uh, he does. Ask Him to ask Him, and He'll show up. He will. He, in fact, He may have drawn you to listen today. And what I, I would like to say, especially as we go out over the weekend is um, 
is just, you know, we were created by God for an intimate, dependent relationship and really a partnership where we kind of honor and glorify him by putting him on display to the world around us to show people he's real. And, you know, we choose to be self-led. We choose to be self-righteous and really ignore his rightful place as the ruler in our life. And his punishment for that really is death, not just physical death here, but eternal separation from him. And a lot of people don't buy into that. But, you know, I've, I've put a lot of people in jail as an FBI agent, and a lot of people didn't buy into the fact that they were going to go to jail and have to serve consequences for what they did. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the truth is that we will be eternally separated. But because of his love, he sent Jesus as our rescuer. And, you know, Jesus was born to a virgin. He healed the sick, raised the dead. He said, I am the resurrection. I'm going to save those that believe in me. I'm going to, those who trust me, I will redeem their life. He's done it for me. He's done it for Pete. And he wants to do it for you. But he wants you to turn from trusting in yourself or anything else to relying totally on him. And all it takes is no fancy prayer. Just tell him. All you got to do is say, hey, I quit leading me. I want you to do it. And so if that's your desire, just tell him today. Don't let the weekend start without, you know, doing that. Don't let this night end without it. Pete, I pray that um, if there's anybody out there that needs more help, they will go to your website, uh, Forge Truth, F-O-R-G-E-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Also, KeyLife.org uh, to listen to you and uh, Steve Brown. Thank you, brother, for what you do. Thank you for uh, being a, a, a SWAT guy, a warrior, leading Forge and working in the lives of men. And thanks for being with us today. Privilege, and thank you for your great ministry. We'll yeah. talk to you, Doug. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, if you want to listen to this or any past broadcast, go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. If you prayed a prayer or you trusted Christ or you want to start following me and you need more help, send me an email at Doug at SWATradio.com. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 